You're listening to Just Hit Play with your hosts, Peter and Nick Cabral. If you're tired of your stagnant, streamed music feed, then strap yourselves in for an intergenerational sonic journey through Peter and Nick's favorite songs. Welcome to episode 45 of Just Hit Play. I'm your host, Peter. With me, as always, is Nick. Nick, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Just got a week and a half left of of my classes, uh, and then exam season starts, so... Trying to finish strong, get across the finish line, and get my undergraduate degree. <laughs> nice. Now, yeah. last week you mentioned that spring was there. Has that come true? Nope. Nope. It's it's okay. been snowing. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought it was it got cold again for you. Yeah, yeah. Freezing rain yesterday actually. Yeah. So that's fun. That's always nice when you have to scrape your car off uh, in the morning before driving it anywhere. Yeah. In the end of March, you wouldn't think that would have to happen. Yeah, what's but... what's going on with you guys? Why is it still cold? It's it's April. Yeah, climate change. It's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. The summers are hotter, but the winters are colder. Yeah. So it goes. So it goes. Yeah. Um, I, we were talking off air. I have to. I'm flying out tomorrow morning, so I have to be up at four, and I be I got to be uh, on a flight at six a.m. to Mackay. So. Uh, thank you very much for recording today because I'll be gone all weekend, so we'd have no other time to record. So I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. And we're moving into 80s music week, so or month, I should say. We're probably going to do two months of 80s music, so I'm really curious to see what you thought of The Clash. But before we get into that, let's say hi to Darren, our engineer in Brisbane. Darren, how you doing? I'm doing good. All right. Uh, thanks, Darren. Okay, so first up is The Clash London Calling. Darren, just hit play. Okay, Nick, tell me what you thought of The Clash. We've talked about it for a while, but this was your first opportunity to hear them. Yeah, so I realized that everything about this song seems so familiar. Uh, like, I recognized the way the song starts, and yep. the chorus even, like, sounded familiar a little bit. Uh, but it's a, it's a really, really fantastic song. I've had it playing on repeat this whole past week. Like, it's so good. And actually, like, purposefully listening to it instead of wherever I may have heard it in the background, it's right. it's clear that it is a really great song. It's so enjoyable. It's funny. To kick off this 80s month, or two months, The Clash obviously got their start in the 70s. They were influenced by the Ramones, uh, and they started putting out music about 77. So this was their third album. And this album came out in January of 1980. So I thought for the 80s music that I'm going to get you to listen to. We're going to start off really, really early in the 80s. This album was very interesting. It was, re- it was a double album, uh, which was very un-punk rock-like. Uh, you know, as you know, the Ramones was a minute and a half, two-minute songs. There was no yeah. big opus. So, so strangely, because they released a double album, which was un-punk rock-like, it then became punk rock-like because... <laughs> being punk rock is going against the, the you know what you're supposed to do sort of thing 
yeah, so, I, see, so, I see what they're going for. Yeah. yeah. So strangely, it, it was punk rock-ish to release a double album, even though that's not really punk rock. You know, what I what I found to be also unpunk rock-like of this song was I think that like they're actually really, really good at playing all their instruments and they're, they're really very good, good singers. Yeah. They're very good musicians. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. They're really good musicians. And even to the degree where I thought, like I know the 80s, they still they had a lot of modern production techniques and stuff, but I still thought this song was ahead of its time in a lot of aspects. Yeah, they were a, a little bit of a, at a crossroads when this album came out. Because when The Clash started, they were very poor. They were a street band. They didn't have any money. And then all of a sudden they signed this record deal and they made a ton of cash and there was a huge backlash in the punk rock community about the clash starting this scene because of all the money that they now had uh so there was a bit little bit of writer's block and um and then they eventually when they came to terms with their success they released this album and this, this whole album is really about you know coming in Coming, coming of age, getting into your adulthood. There's a little bit of a class struggle. Um, London calling is basically calling out London for its hypocrisy and things like that. Now, London's a fun town. I've been to London. I, I love London, but it's a very, again, the English society is a very class-driven society. Yeah, no is, doubt. Which is very punk rock, yeah. I've, I've also been to London. Great city, phenomenal sights, uh, very nice people. But like you said, just British society as a whole is very very class driven and i i really like the line in this song about the phony beatlemania Mm -hmm. which i'm guessing is alluding to the sound the beatles popularized that sort of took over the uk music scene and and they had a lot of copycats almost and that was really the popular sound is that accurate or was it something else or was it even a direct shot at the beatles i i as as we talked about last week where they fired their bass player because he talked about Paul McCartney too much. There was a feeling that the Beatles had their day and you know, it was time to move on from, from the Beatles. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that, that was definitely, yeah. It, it, the, you, you can't really be in a punk rock band. If you like the Beatles, not like it's aesthetics or it's ethics it was very definitely anti Beatle. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So the, the first question on the application yeah. For, for a punk rock band was do you like the Beatles yes or right. no yes exactly okay so yeah so you, you you couldn't really try to mimic the Beatles or record Beatlesque sort of sound the the Clash kind of invented ska for this album uh, really? ska ha- has its roots in reggae it's sort of like a, a European or or white reggae which is a ska it's more it's like a rockabilly um, a little bit faster music than 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 reggae. Right, and they, it really, and the only reason they sort of invented the ska thing is because they needed uh, to catch their breath a little bit during live shows. So they introduced a little bit more of ska music just to slow down the pace a little bit, just so they could, yeah. uh, uh, you know, not uh, blow themselves out. If you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Was is there a ska song on London Calling? Like, it, did it start with London Calling? The album. Um, yeah, it's uh, lost in the supermarket. is pretty. It's pretty ska. Uh, there's my favorite song. It's not really ska. But my favorite song on this album is called Clampdown. Clampdown has this really great military beat to it. And uh, when I used to run a lot, I used to listen to the. This would be the the first song I listened to when I would start running because 
it, it just has that perfect four, four time. And it, and you, I would just, my pace for the, my running would be this song and it wasn't very fast and it wasn't too slow. It was just, it was a great running track. So, uh, I've just clapped down a lot. I, I thought even this song had really, really good, uh, rhythm which was carried yeah. by the drums in my opinion yeah it, they had the drums have this like steady rhythm and like it's one of the ones where your head's bobbing the same rhythm the yeah. entire time and you really get into it that way yeah so I, I i really appreciated that up until probably green day this might have been the most successful punk rock album ever released uh now green day obviously have sold truckloads of records and american idiots and you know, whether you like green day or not or whether you think green day is punk i'll just label green day as sort of punk light i guess um, sure. but this would have been yeah this this sold a lot of records um it's considered one of the greatest albums of, of all time it's considered maybe the greatest album from the 80s uh, i think rolling stone definitely puts it up if, if not number one it's, it's definitely in the top five for greatest albums released in the 80s yeah, and I think that's sort of where I've I became aware of it, and why like I was so excited to yeah. listen to it uh, is just because of this reputation it's taken on and its legacy, yeah. where it's getting put on all these lists and people talk so highly of this album. Now, was this sort of did this album sort of signify the end of punk rock's prime? Sure. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know the clash released at least one more album after this. They broke up shortly uh, in the early eighties, uh, Joe Strummer and oh, I can't remember the other band member's name. They sort of had a bit of a falling out. Joe Strummer died a few years ago. Um, yeah. Like I said, in, in your twenties, when you do a lot of drugs, um, it's okay. But you know, once you sort reach your fifties and forties, you should probably stop doing drugs. Uh, Probably, and, yeah. And speaking of that, I guess this week the the news came out that Taylor Hawkins has died from the Foo Fighters, uh, who had a lot of substances in his blood. Um, it was it was sort of discovered, and that's quite sad. Uh, so yeah, maybe stop doing drugs when you when you hit your thirties. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to tell people how to live, but medically that might be good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know, actually, speaking of Taylor Hawkins, you know, we were talking about last last week how ACDC replaced their singer within like four weeks of, mm-hmm. of Bon Scott dying. It, it would be like if Dave Grohl had died of the Foo Fighters and they replaced him four weeks after his death and, re- and recorded an album seven weeks after his death. And that album would that out al- like how would that album be received? And that's Impossible. sort of yeah, that's sort of what ACDC it, it, did. Yeah. No, that's impossible. That could never happen. Yeah. No, it, <laughs> like, it's such a different world. The Foo Fighters would have to just end. Yeah. They it, it wouldn't be like it wouldn't continue. No. There's no way. No. No, you're right. It's such a different world. Um so yeah, that's what when Taylor when I heard Taylor Hawkins that I I just got me thinking about uh about ACDC again. And, uh, yeah, not to go uh, off on a on a separate tangent here, but I've never it. really got into the Foo Fighters at all. Never ah. really checked out their stuff. Okay, so let me. I've seen the Foo Fighters live. Good band. I'm not necessarily a fan of the Foo Fighters. Uh, I like one or two songs. The other band that I really liked in the 90s that I cannot stand right now is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm, you think they've outlived their welcome? I think their sound is so dated and 
Yeah, I can't listen to a Chili Pepper song at all. I like right? I like a, I like a few. I loved the know. Chili Peppers when they, in the early '90s when the grunge era sort of was, sort of was in its heyday. I loved I loved the Chili Peppers, but I can't listen to them now. I'll I'll, like, I'll skip I'll skip a, I'll skip the track. Damn. Yeah. I I really like Can't Stop by them. I think yeah. that's a that's a great song. Can't Stop. That's that's really really good. Yeah. No, they, they they and they have some songs that that I absolutely loved, but for whatever reason, yeah, it's I can't do it. Yeah. Which is uh, which is sad because yeah there were there there were at one time one of my favorite bands, damn yeah I didn't know that yeah the other band I can't stand is Queen I I hate Queen yeah I think we've I think we've talked <laughs> yeah, that length about, talked about this Queen, Queen suck. hate they suck yeah. so bad <laughs> all right well um I, I feel like we we talked about that far enough ago where the Queen fans might have started to come back to the podcast uh, I have one other Queen thing someone someone wrote on Facebook type something that that everyone that is universally loved that you hate. And I put in queen, the person and the band. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that was my last queen thought for the day. Well, the, the, the the queen of England is, is not doing so well health wise reportedly. So maybe this will be apropos, I guess maybe when this comes out, could be some news coming down the pike. Yeah. Well, anyway, London calling clash. Great song. I, Like I'm absolutely going to listen to this album all the way through the next chance I get. Yeah, because this was such a strong start to to the Clash, and uh, I've heard "Rock the Casbah" by them. That's the yep. only other song, though. So yeah, I'm really excited to get more into them. My favorite songs in this album is "Lost in the Supermarket" is really good. Uh, "Clamp Down" and there's a hidden track, which might be the best al- song on the album called "Train in Vain." Um, another great. Not on this album. Another great Clash song is "Should I Stay or Should I Go." Oh, I know that song too. Yeah. Okay. That, that's one of my other favorite Clash songs. So, yeah. So they have. They definitely have some 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 classic tunes. Yeah, and I I said this earlier, but it, it really was hard for me to believe, and still is, that this was made like in the '80s because so much of it sounds like modern music. Mm. Uh, specifically, like the the way the vocals are reverbed and echoed, that was super, just crazy to me. Yeah. And uh, there's some really cool like panning going on with guitars at certain points, mm. where it's like two entirely different guitars in one yeah. each in one year. Yeah, which that is very which is so very re- cool. which is very reggae like reggae. Sometimes the guitar and the drums are playing at two different syncopations or two, two different beats. Yeah, uh, and I think that when they introduce a little bit more is ska and reggae into their into their sound, that definitely comes through. Yeah, yeah definitely, and it it just felt that this song feels like experimental, but still accessible and enough to be like replayable and mainstream. Like, yeah. uh, the way that they had this really piercing guitar note just sort of rattle through the song at certain yeah. times. Uh, yeah, it's just really creative music, but at the same time, stuff that you can throw on at any time. So now, I really appreciate that. I don't know if you saw the artwork for this album, uh, the cover of, of of the album. That's one I of did, the yeah. that's one of the greatest rock photography um, sort of. And as a photographer, I just want to touch on it for a second. Uh, that's considered like one of the classic album covers of all time. Uh, that's the bass player smashing his bass. And apparently he was smashing the bass because they were playing a show and the security guard wouldn't let fans stand on the seats. And in frustration, he destroyed his, his I think it was a Les Paul bass. 
And the photographer didn't want them to use that that picture because she thought it was out of focus. Uh, oh. But the band loved that that picture. They thought it was really sort of, you know, what what their sound was, and so they they overrode her decision and used it. And it's gone down as one of the great uh, rock uh, photographer photography or albums of all time. Yeah, that's it's a great picture, and I'm really glad they overrode her yeah. her request to not use it. Yeah, uh, it, critically, this is probably the most. Um, critically uh, hyped or well-received punk rock albums of all time. Uh, it's like I said, it's on every, it's on all the top, top 10 lists. Uh, Rolling Stone always put this in the top 20 of the greatest albums released of all time, not just the eighties, but of all time. So it definitely went a long way to cement the re- the, the reputation of the clash. Do you think that the, one of the reasons or contributing factors, this album was so well-received is that enough time had gone by enough punk music had been released where it was sort of palatable to people to critics it 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 had matured sure yeah um where the sex pistols and the jam or like i'm just referencing some some punk bands from uh from the 70s once people had come to terms with what punk rock was and knew that the fabric of western society wasn't failing it was just continuing as it always does. Uh, and then rock critics started liking that type of music. I think right. that went, that went a long way to it's selling. I think it sold 5 million records worldwide. Uh, and they played some big ass shows in, in, in America, especially I think they played Shea stadium where the Beatles played um, in, in America. So they, they definitely played some big ass audiences from from the from the strengths of this album damn yeah well good for the clash from what i've heard so far they definitely deserved that success well they they never reformed uh so the sex pistols reformed a couple of times and when they asked johnny rotten why they were reforming his answer was they're giving us a lot of money (laughs) (laughs) that's the only reason they were reforming um so uh lollapalooza you've heard of lollapalooza I'm, i'm guessing uh, so in the 90s, Lollapalooza organizers were trying to get The Clash to headline the tour, basically. And, and apparently it got very close, but it didn't, it didn't cross the line. And then Joe Strummer died uh, in the early 2000s. So that obviously can never happen again, being he was probably the main songwriter. Um, okay. So, yeah, they never reformed after they broke up. Uh, they released some solo albums. Joe Strummer released some solo albums. And, I, and it's really pissing me off that I can't remember the name of the other member of the band, but he was in a band called Big Audio Dynamite and Big Audio Dynamite 2. There was two versions of the band. And they were one of the first mainstream bands to, to use a lot of sampling in their music and a lot of hip-hop in their music, too. So uh, oh, if you ever really want cool. to check out uh, some early, early English rock and roll hybrid of hip-hop, check out Big Audio Dynamite or Bad, okay. as they're called. Big audio dynamite or bad or bad too. So <laughs> bad it, too. it, it, it works. It works either way. Yeah. I've never seen a band uh, number themselves. <laughs> it's yeah. the second version. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah they, they, yeah. Big audio dynamite two. Not yeah, came out a little bit later on after big audio dynamite. Okay. Yeah. So yes. Interesting band. Big audio dynamite. Yeah. No, I'm glad you liked it. I thought you would. I, I, I think it's London calling is, is one of those just classic songs that, that just, just continues over generations it feels classic yeah like 
the whole way through it. It just feels like a classic song for sure. Now, speaking of classics, we're going to listen to Tribe Called Quest. But before we get there, Darren, uh, Darren, what did you think of London Calling by The Clash? Yeah, it's been in my playlist for the last 10 years. Cool. Thanks, Darren. All right. Talk to us about Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. So uh, I'm really excited. I feel like you're really excited to talk about this, too. And this week I had you listen to The Space Program by Tribe Called Quest. It was the first song of their final album, Mm. uh, which is the first in 18 years. And unlike The Clash, uh, who did not get back together when they broke up, Tribe Called Quest eventually did to make this album, which dropped in 2016. It's called We Got It From Here. Thank you for your service. Mm. And as I said, this is the intro track called The Space Program. So, Darren, why don't you just hit play? I want to deal with a bigger insult, man. The heat, the heat, the heat, the heat, the heat. It's coming down hard. We got to get our uh, shit together. It's time to go left and not right. Gotta get it together forever. Gotta get it together for brothers. Gotta get it together for sisters. For mothers and fathers and dead niggas. For non-conformists, one-hitter quitters. For Tyson types and shade figures. Let's get it together, come on, let's make it. Gotta make it to make it to make it to make it to make something happen to make something happen. So while this might have been uh, their first new music in 18 years, it's definitely a tribe called Quest. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that struck me right away when I heard this song is, yeah, this is they still got it. These are still the same guys and they're still making great music. Uh, But what, what did you think of this song as someone who's been a fan for such a long time? Yeah, I think the rhyming was was incredible. I, I think it was one of those songs that politically it had a lot to, to, to say, but it it was still just an amazing song. It could just live on the merits of what kind of song it was. And I love the samples. They had some really, really cool samples on the song. And it had this really nice jazz uh, sort of undertone where, where it was a really had a nice jazz beat to it, which I which I found surprising. So, um, I I love Tribe Called Quest. I had a chance to see them. Okay, let me rephrase that. I was going to see them. They were playing Lollapalooza one year, and I was very excited. Uh, but there were some border issues, and they were were not allowed to cross the border. I wonder what it could have been. Yeah. Uh, but they were denied entry into Canada, uh, so I did not see Tribe Called Quest. So we were quite disappointed uh, when they didn't play. So yeah, so I wish I, I could have seen. I think it was '93 or '94 when Damn. when I would would have had the chance to see Tribe Called Quest. That didn't happen. That, that is such a shame. Yeah, but yeah, like it, like you said perfectly, it's this song is it's the sampling's incredible and it's built around this really cool jazzy feel and it, it, it just creates a great vibe a tribe called quest is great at setting a mood a chill mood with these like immaculately chosen samples and that's something they've literally always done and their their music is uh, they always have a, a little bit of jazz influence it's really really nice and then they just use it to go really crazy on the rapping and yeah this song is pretty specifically uh, politically charged but mm-hmm. they've always been socially conscious rappers if, yeah. if you look back 
Yeah, now, so it just felt like a, a natural evolution of their sound to right. this, this whole song. Now, stop me if I'm wrong. Didn't Tribe Called Quest reunite for a Gorillaz album? Or a song on the Gorillaz? Uh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I, I thought it was Tribe Called Quest. I might, I might be wrong. Um, I thought they played on a Gorillaz song. They may have, because the the gorillas have been getting some some wild features <laughs> recently. Yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna do. A, you keep talking. I'm gonna do a, a quick Google search. Yeah, I thought. Uh, yeah, I thought they played on a gorilla song. So it's impossible to talk about the Tribe Called Quest final album and this song without talking about Fife Dog. And yeah, tell me about him. So Fife Dog, one of the core members of a tribe called Quest, he's vital to the group. He is the, the heart and soul of a tribe called Quest. Yeah. And his contribution to the song is what makes it really special. He he just does the course that lasts for pretty much the second half of the song. And it's fairly repetitive, his course in the song, but the way he wraps around it, the way the samples are, are built around the course and go in and out. Uh, changes dynamically the whole thing. It's it's really just such a key aspect of the song in the same way that he was a, a key member of, of the group. Right. Uh, so in 2015, the group reunited. Uh, they broke up 17 years prior, but they reunited to perform on Jimmy Fallon. And right. they said they were going to release one last album together. Right. They'd already started working on it in secret, and they said they just got back together and felt really good creative energy, and they wanted to make one last album. Okay. But uh, Fife Dog passed away from complications with diabetes in 2016, just uh, not too long after they said they were going to get back together and make a new album. And when he passed away, the album was pretty much uh, incomplete at the time. But the group uh, rallied together and sort of finished it around his verses and the contributions he had recorded. I, I didn't know that. Before dying. Yeah. And so he, he never heard the finished product. Even most of the songs he's on, uh, he, he never even heard the finished versions of. Wow, because that's sad. He had just recorded verses and the, you know, the beats were works in progress. The other people hadn't done verses on it yet. There weren't any features. Um, but his soul is all over this album yeah. still. Uh, just like he plays such a big part in this song, it's this album is it's really it's it's an ode to a tribe called Quest, but also to Fife Dog himself. And sure. When you listen to it with that in mind, and when you have that in mind, it it really just hits even harder. Yeah. No, I, I did. I didn't know he had passed. That's that's really sad. Yeah. 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 No, such a good such a good band, and what a, what a great song. I, I love how it's called the space program as another way of detailing how far away the, the African, the American African community is, is from entering the space program. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. like, ev- like we can't get into that. Like it's it sort of, I like how it detailed how that's, that's just not for them. You know, that, yeah. Yeah. That was such a great, such a great line. Yeah, there's yeah. Uh, there's a lot of uh, you know barriers still that yeah. that doesn't look like will ever be overcome, right? And it's yeah, it's 
th- this whole album was made sort of in the background of the 2016 presidential election, uh, which is very contentious. So sure, yeah. it's a lot of politically charged messaging on this. Uh, the first, or not the first song, but the first single they released, We the People, very right. politically charged song. Yeah. Uh, but th- as I said before, they're, they've always been socially conscious rappers. Yeah. It's just with the added benefit of uh, 18 years, 17, 18 years for mm. such smart guys to mature even more and gain even more wisdom. Right. That's really reflected in, in this album and in this song Yeah, where they, they've always had the rapping ability and the writing talent, but now it just feels like they're approaching subject matter from an even more mature perspective, yeah. which is really cool as well. I, I quickly looked up the, the gorillas and I was thinking of De La Soul. So I was, it wasn't a trap called okay. De La Soul that I got confused well, with. One of their contemporaries, so yes, that's why I, that's why I thought it was <laughs> Tribe Called Quest. Now, obviously, the Tribe Called Quest is a band from my era. Uh, so, how does their music to you stand? Does does it stand the test of time for you? Is is that a band that you can go back and listen to? Uh, for for me, absolutely. I I think their music has aged really well because they have influenced so much of hip hop now. Sure, that their yeah. sound, their their DNA is all over a lot of the hip hop I listen to. Yeah. Uh, but aside from me, if we're just talking generally, they do not get near enough recognition from, mm. from people my age, from rap fans my age. Um, I, I think they've actually become pretty overlooked in, in a yeah. sad way. Um, it's just with age and, uh, Looking back, you could say their production seems simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have the catchy hooks. They're not going for mm-hmm. for mainstream appeal where it's a lot of replayability and stuff in terms of catchiness and accessibility. So I think that's sort yeah. of hurt their, their perception nowadays just by people my age, which is a shame because I, I really think Tribe Called Quest is, is one of the most legendary hip-hop acts there yeah. is. Well, I think I think you nailed it on the head why we do this podcast, because there's so much music that needs to be explored that doesn't get the attention it deserves. Or, you know, like I said, back in my day, we were forced to listen to the radio and right. at the, we were at the whim of the program director or the DJ to what songs we listened to. We had no control over what got played. So we just naturally just got exposed to so much different music. Now with the world at your fingertips, you can only listen to the music that you want. So sometimes people just don't get exposed to other types of music, which is why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays we're at the mercy of the Spotify algorithm, which just goes based off what you already like. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, yeah, it's good to explore other, uh, other genres and other types of music. Yeah. And in, in my view, while a tribe called quest might not have aged too well to, to a wider audience, as I said, they pushed the boundaries of hip hop music, period. Mm-hmm. Like they made so many artists' careers mm-hmm. possible. <laughs> like uh, Dr. Dre made The Chronic after being inspired by a tribe called Quest. Yeah. They launched the solo career Busta Rhymes. Yeah. Uh, I saw Pharrell Williams say that uh, the low end theory, the album by a tribe called Quest, was the turning point where he first realized music could be art. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw another quote from uh, Kira Nameo, 
who's the former editor-in-chief of Ebony Magazine, which mm-hmm. is a publication centered around Black culture. And she was quoted as saying that low-end theory and midnight marauders gave birth to neo-everything. That yeah. entire class of D'Angelo, Erica Badu, Maxwell, and Lauren Hill. Moving on to Andre mm-hmm. 3000, Kanye West, and Talib Kweli. Mm. Everything that is left of everything begins with Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, no, I, I, I think agree. That, yeah. That's a great way to sum up their impact. Yeah. We wouldn't have those artists without them. We just wouldn't. It, it, it'd be a very different music scene, that's for sure. Um, I think it's important that, yeah, it's such an important band to, to go back and listen to some of their earlier stuff as well. Yeah, that yeah. whole idea of jazzy sampling, yeah. which became ubiquitous in the early, mid-2000s. It really, really did. Now, do you, do you know tribe. where... Do you know where they're from? I, I see. To me, they're a Southern act. Like they're uh, they're from like the South, but that oh, might no, not even be true. They're New York. They're yeah, New okay. York to the core. Maybe it's the South, Maybe it's the the jazz sort of side of things where I think I'm thinking of like New Orleans or more of a, yeah. a Southern vibe. But okay, yeah, yeah. I I think they're Brooklyn, but I could be wrong. Definitely yeah. New York City. Yeah. yeah. Cool. No, I I was so nice to hear to hear Tribe Called Quest again. Yeah, that was re- that was really really cool. You you should consider just giving this whole album a listen yeah. i think i think you'd really like just hearing a band that you used to love and are such a big fan of yeah. with 18 years uh, of time they it's, would have a lot to, to say yeah it's a really it was a really cool thing to just listen to them revisit that yeah yeah really cool. recommend it no i i loved it thank thank you so much for bringing this bring this to me yeah of course cool. yeah, yeah. Let, let's ask darren what he thought yes Darren, what did you think? Too busy a song for me. Cool. All right. Thank you, Darren. Thanks, Darren. Do you have a song for me for next week? I do. Yeah. So inspired by uh, all the sampling and, and the just the huge effect sampling has had on hip-hop music from A Tribe Called Quest and everything, uh, I'm going to get you to listen to Hazard Duty Pay by JPEG Mafia. Okay, cool. This is a, it's a sample-heavy song, and, uh, you know, we're... We, we're still rock, rocking with a little bit of a punk rock theme cool. and just like slow tie before him, JPEG mafia. It's a nice punk rock rapper. Nice. Is he English as well? Or is he American? Do you know? No, American, American. American. Cool. Yeah. Hazard right. duty pay. Cool. I'm going to stretch. I'm going to stretch you a little bit. I'm going to see if you like this song. This okay. is also from, so for the next two months, I'm going to get you to listen to nothing but eighties music. This is from 1987 uh, by an artist called Robbie Robertson. And it's and it's called Somewhere Down the Crazy River. Okay. Now Robbie Robertson is from Canada originally, and he's uh, he's native Canadian, uh, or at least part native Canadian. And he was in a band in the '60s called The Band. That was the name of the band. Uh, it's quite uh, not quite original. Probably, yeah, they were probably high when they came up with the band. Thought it was uh, genius. Yeah, and he and he released one of my favorite '80s albums uh, at this time. And one of my favorite songs from this album is Somewhere Down the Crazy River. So I want to hear what you think of it, whether you like it or not, because it is, it's a little odd. Okay. Okay. So let's see if you like it. All right. All right. I'm excited. All right. So let's get into some history. This week in music history. Okay. In the year 1973, uh, Killing Me Softly by Roberta Flack is still... It had this thing where it was number one, then it dropped out of the, it went to number two, then it went back to number one. So we're back at number one. So instead of listening to that song, which we've heard before, we're going to listen to the number eight song, which was by 
the Canadian Queen Anne Murray called Danny Song, which is a very country laden. It was written by Kenny Loggins. I don't know if you know who Kenny Loggins is. Of course. Yes. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. So it was written by Kenny Loggins. So Darren, just hit play on Danny Song. And even though we ain't got money, I'm so in love with you, honey. Very country inspired song. Anne Murray. Do you know anything about Anne Murray? I can't say I do. Anne Murray uh, is probably one of the most successful Canadian artists of all time. She was huge in the country music scene in both America and Canada in the in the seventies and in, into the eighties. So she's okay, uh, she's yeah she's royalty. And in the year two thousand, bye 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 by NSYNC won't go bye bye bye. <laughs> it's still there. So we're gonna stick to the country music theme, and we're gonna hear uh, Faith Hill with her song "Breathe." All my thoughts just seem to settle on. Not very good. Uh, I'm not a country music fan. Um, let's give it to Anne Murray because she's Canadian. Yeah, yeah, I love a Canadian icon, so yeah. she can take it this week. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you got planned for the rest of your week? A uh, lot of school, as I said at the top. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to make it make it to the end. So I've got a few assignments to finish up. And uh, yeah, then enjoy enjoy the weekend. Yeah. See what it has in store. Now, when you graduate, are you going to take some time off? Or are you going to are you going to are you going to go back to the job you had last summer? What have you decided what you want to do? Uh, yeah, so I'm going back to school in the fall. Um, yeah. I, I'm still waiting for uh, some acceptances to be to be delivered. I've already got a couple for programs in the fall, but uh, not entirely sure what it's going to be yet. But I, I will be going back in the fall for sure. Yeah. Um, and then over the summer, I'll just be staying in Guelph, um, sort of just working wherever. I haven't really figured it out yet, but uh, I might just work at a coffee shop or something, be a barista for the summer. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just do something fun, relaxing, that type of thing. Yeah. I af- After this weekend, I have two weeks off, which I'm really excited about. Um, I'm shooting a wedding on the 9th of April, uh, but that's pretty easy. I'm just second shooting, so I'm not the main shooter, so I just do all the, the things that the main shooter doesn't want to do, and there's no editing. Yeah, there's no editing required, which is amazing. So That's nice. Uh, the second shooting at weddings is good because you just take all the fun pictures, and you chase <laughs> you chase around kids as they cause havoc. And uh, So, yeah, I always like uh, being a second shooter. It's, it's fun. And that actually so, sound really fun. So much less responsibility too, because <laughs> uh, if you're the main yeah. shooter and, and you and you fuck up, there's no there's nowhere to go. No, no, <laughs> nowhere to hide. No, so uh, yeah, being second shooter, there's literally no pressure, and That's and awesome. mostly you hang out with like the grooms and the groomsmen as they oh, get yeah. drunk, as they get drunk and really don't want they kind of don't want you there, so you're you're there but you're not there, and you're and you're just taking pictures of them being goofballs it's 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 interesting yeah nice well, so, fun. yeah so that's my uh week weeks coming up all right let's get into our independent music now we have a very interesting band uh obviously we just listened to the clash which is a classic punk rock band from england so we're gonna listen to a little bit of punk rock from italy mm. so the band is called billy cock and they're from Latina, Italy, and they contacted us through our Instagram page, and they asked if we could uh, if the, if we could play one of their songs. 
Uh, so Billy Cock R, Alberto, is on guitar and sings. Uh, Luca is also a guitar and, and sings. Francesco plays bass. And Stefano plays the drum and he does the backing vocals. And this is their punk rock song called Figure Out. And I'll put all the information about Billy Cock in the show notes if you do want to check them out on Spotify or Instagram or Facebook. Uh, Nick, it was lovely talking to you as always. Yep. Uh, I'm so curious to see what you think of Robbie Robertson. But we'll talk about that next week. Uh, yes, we will. Yep. Darren, just hit play on Billy Cock. to just hit play to contact your hosts peter and nick or to be featured on an episode as musical talent email just hit play 7300 at gmail.com keep up to date with news and announcements by following on instagram and facebook linked in the show notes 
Subscribe on your favourite podcatcher to tune in next week for more Sonic Delights. And if you can't wait till then, check out the Just Hit playlist on Spotify, linked in the show notes. A special thanks to Braden Munch for the theme song, and thank you for listening.